Staying together is progress. Henry Ford For various reasons, life can separate friends and keep them far apart. Whether it's a physical separation like one friend moving, or more of a structural separation like being on different shifts or graduating from school, life changes are often events that precede the weakening of our friendship bonds. When that happens, the friends must make a mutual effort to keep the relationship alive and growing. On today's show, my friends Peter Costanzo and Matt Clem join me to talk about maintaining friendships when life gets a little bit crazy. It's time to get those doorward thinking caps on. Let's get started. Welcome back, thinkers. I'm your host, Nate LeBlanc, and this week on Doorward Thinking, we're continuing our series on friendship, exploring what it takes for a friendship to thrive even when life does its best to keep you all apart, all while searching for better ways to live and better ways to love as we examine what life has to offer in light of the untamable human spirit. Today on the show, we have a couple of regulars with us today. I'd like to welcome back Matt Clem. Hey, Nate. Great to be here. And once again from Cleveland, Ohio, Peter Costanzo. Welcome back, Pete. Thanks so much, Nate. Good to be back on. And you have Leo with you today. Always. Every day. It's been a while since you both have been on the program. Uh, How's dad life been treating you guys lately? Dad life is awesome. It's full of surprises. And um, yeah, it's just, it's incredible. I'm living vicariously through Leo. Oh, yeah. I hear that. No, I mean, it keeps you on your toes, but, you know, I'm never, never bored. Having a son, it's great to try and get him, you know, interested in all the things I was interested in, you know, at the young age of one and a half. Never too early to start, right? Nope. So uh, we were going to record this last week, but Pete, you had a little bit of technical difficulty on your end, right? A little bit. Um, you mean losing power to my entire house? It's all relative. <laughs> if that qualifies as a little technical difficulty, I'd hate to see what I'm catastrophic failure looks like um but yeah we we lost power um and yeah it was like what like 15 minutes before recording conveniently so that i didn't have any time i think it was like four but yeah yeah, it was was pretty close yeah (laughs) yeah i couldn't relocate and get my setup transplanted to somewhere else in time that i wanted to be fair to matt so here we are we're on it was kind of fortuitous in a way because we were all able to celebrate Easter, and I wanted to ask you guys, what was Easter like with the family? Oh, it was great. For the different holidays, we kind of switch around, and for Christmas and Thanksgiving, we switch off going to my parents' house, my wife's parents' house, but for Easter, the last couple of years, we stayed in St. Louis, and we did that again this year, uh, which is nice, so everyone came to us for once. It was great. We got Friday off and a lot of time with the, the fam, so you know, very thankful for that. It was a busy weekend here in Cleveland, the unwritten rule when you're like a new parent and you have a young child, like holidays, everybody comes to you, which is nice. But we, we, we had all the usual suspects over to, to visit with Leo. No one really cared about Danielle or I, which is totally fine. Um, and Leo just got completely spoiled for Easter, seeing everybody that he wanted to see doing his little Easter egg hunt. Um, we even got time to take him to his first baseball game over that weekend. So it was pretty action packed. I think Leo was enjoying the spotlight. It's always good to have a little bit of the pressure taken off, huh? Oh yeah. 
yeah of course I can just easily fade into the background slip away nobody realizes i'm gone for milk and cigarettes and then i can come back 17 years later <laughs> <laughs> oh man i know what you mean about leo gaining all the attention especially as damien gets older and uh he's more interactive when all the relatives come over they come in and they say hi to him and give him hugs and kisses and then uh you know you're left standing there you're like hi welcome to my house <laughs> that's kind of nice right isn't it matt oh, oh yeah damien's the entertainment right and that and all the pressure is taken off you you don't have to figure out like you know if you got to do magic tricks or sing or dance like you just let damien handle all that and you can kind of just exactly be the the unsung hero of hosting the event oh yeah absolutely well, I think that's a great segue into what I want to talk to each of you guys about today. As we go through on this doorward thinking journey, uh, we've been having a lot of conversations behind the scenes. And one of the ideas that came up, uh, Pete, this was you in one of our Discord sessions, was talking about having a podcast segment or uh, an episode featuring the dads of doorward. You want to tell us a little bit about that and what was going on in your mind? Sure. Yeah. I woke up one day and I realized that, you know, there's two, two fathers, two new fathers at Doorward, which accounts for a little over 30% of our team. And I was like, you know, what would be cool is if we talked about this and our experiences, because there's a whole bunch of people out there that are going through a similar journey, right? Where every, like everything around them is changing. And maybe we can just shine a light on some of our experiences and our listeners can find some value in that. I thought I just thought that that would be cool. And it makes a lot of sense because, like you said, we're all in this startup journey. And as fathers and leaders of a family, you guys have to contend with a whole lot of other things our other team members don't have to deal with. And you have a very unique perspective on what it means to be in a startup, to be in a company whose culture is family oriented and towards helping people live their best life. So I think it makes a lot of sense to have these discussions. Leo apparently agrees as well. Um, and, and, and for our listeners that are parents, I mean, just that alone you know, people know the challenges that come with being responsible for a, a human life. Um, Hi, Leo. And then you have Matt and I that we're like, you know what we should do while we're becoming new parents? Let's get involved in a startup and take on all of those challenges as well. Because keeping a child alive is not hard enough. Yeah, you guys are crazy. I don't know what you're doing. <laughs> We're rolling with it. That's what we're doing. Exactly. Yeah, you know, and so Pete, you you have Leo here with you right now, who I see, and I hear Damien pushing his Thomas the Train across the floor above me, back and forth, back and forth. Um, oh, it's it's not the pots and pans anymore. No, we blocked those up. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> he had a couple months with those, and then uh, <laughs> that was that. But no, I mean, it, it definitely is a different you know way that you go about your day. There's the challenges. There's definitely the benefits. Obviously, I don't think either one of us would would trade it for the world. And and I think, um, you know, like you like you said, Nate, I think it's a testament to Doorward of the fact that we're both willing to take it on with with what we have going on that we feel supported in that. What does it mean to both of you as parents to be working in a company, starting a company, and establishing company culture that 
is conducive towards your raising of your child and having family time? I think first and foremost, you know, the fact that we have the ability to do this, Matt and I, to balance this, right? Fatherhood and helping a, a startup succeed. I think that's huge for Doorward because we'll be like the pilot program to make sure that we build the correct culture to help others that come aboard have that flexibility, right? And that um, to be empowered to unify their their actual life with their career. I mean, that's that's super critical. And we know the, the reverse of what that looks like um, because we see it so often where people don't have the ability to do that and they kind of have to pick and choose one or the other, right? You know, where they're like, okay, well, maybe I just have to like give up the career and stay at home or... I just, you know, put my nose to the grindstone and then I hope for the best later on and maybe I'll get some time with them, you know, when they're 16 or older. What we're doing right now is we're just building an excellent culture founded on the important things in life. Right. And I think what it comes down to is priorities, right? And for us, obviously, we have competing priorities, but we're not willing to sacrifice, you know, the, the priority that is our family and, and raising our kids for our career, but, you know, also at the same time as providers for our family, we have that responsibility to do that. And so what we're trying to do here is allow for those different priorities to not even compete with each other, but to kind of coincide with each other and be harmonistic, if that's the word. And so conversely, what have you learned about fatherhood and family life as we go through and establish this company? Right now, I'm not, I'm not full-time with George. I have my, my day job, right? And I contribute to Doord some on the side outside of that commitment to my day job. And so with that in mind, what has it meant for, for fatherhood and for family life? Well, it's like, where'd all my time go? Right. Um, and, and not, and not so much in a, like, I mean, I want the free time, but with being a, a husband, with being a father, you, you have other responsibilities for your time, right? It's not exactly your own. And especially with trying to balance the, the little time I give to Doord with my day job, with my, my responsibilities, my family. Um, I think it's really taught me, you know, to really value that time, you know, my time in general, and then the time with my family, right? Because um, I have to be very intentional about when I spend it. And it's also taught me that, you know, it's kind of like, why am I doing this? There's lots, lots of reasons, but at the end of the day, like I talked about priorities and, you know, my family's there at the top. And so it's really kind of forced me to, to get disciplined and, and to, to think about, yeah, Matt's totally right. You have to really think about um, your shifting priorities and you have to execute with a lot of intention throughout the day. And I, I guess for me, the biggest thing that I just remain aware of throughout the, the day is that, um, you know, there's a lot of sacrifice involved with fatherhood. As Matt said, you know, where, where did all my, where did all my time go? It's going to leave less time for things that, you know, hobbies and things that that you like to do, which is okay, because there's a lot of fulfillment that comes from cleaning up Cheerios off the floor. And it sounds like, and it sounds like a chore, but there's ways where I've learned you just make things fun. And then it be, it becomes a, a great moment for, for bonding. So just turning in something mundane into something silly, right? Um, even if you're just like doing a funny voice, you know, I get, I can get Leo to laugh while I'm cleaning up the Cheerios and any, any little thing like that is huge. And so you, you start to appreciate those little things a little bit more that maybe you were, you know, pre fatherhood, maybe you were just taking them for granted. 
where you were like, oh, this is, you know, this is so silly. Like, why, why am I even spending time doing this? Your attitude changes when you see your youngling looking at you and they're like, oh, it's hilarious when dad's running the vacuum. And then you're like, oh, now I have something in my tool belt that I know I can bond with Leo over. And then he sees me, he starts copying me and then he starts vacuuming. And then by the time he's three, I could just say, do your chores. Yeah, he's a great. Well, he's he's seeing you having fun, Pete, and he yeah. wants to be on the show. And he's too. just at that age where it's just monkey see, monkey do. Yeah. And he's a goofball. I think also, um, you know, <laughs> once you once you become a father, once you have a kid, you know, you realize your place more as a leader. You know, and obviously when your kid's pretty small, you're not exactly, you know, trying to get him to do anything or, or whatnot. But, you know, in a, in a startup, there's, this is not the most uh, risk adverse place to be. There's uncertainty. There's more stress than just your W2 nine to five, you know, big corporate job or something like that. And, and, you know, that, that decision to become a part of this impacts not just yourself, but your wife and your kid. And it's not a unilateral decision or anything like that, but you are kind of taking this step and, and taking these risks. You see this both in the, in the near term, but also in the long term. And I think that does kind of shift your, your mindset a little bit to thinking more of, of where are you now and, and where are you trying to go? And I think that's a, a big part of, of being a leader. And, and related to that, um, and Pete kind of alluded to this, just your mindset, right? I, I think both, both being in the position we're in, it, it sets your mind, it gives you a certain mindset, but also I think you realize that you, and I think he, Pete alluded to this too, of that you can kind of set your mindset, right? You can kind of choose, are you going to see this as, you know, you're trying to get some work done and your, your kid is, you know, trying to mash your keyboard or something. Are you going to see this as a super frustrating thing? And um, are you going to see it as something fun and like appreciate the humor in it or something like that? Sounds like a crash course in servant leadership and the origins of the dad joke. Absolutely what it is. And Matt brought up a good point about risk. Um, and I, and I explained this um, to the, the chairman of our board, but that was one of the many reasons that I, that I, that I pursued um, making the jump to doorward is that, I mean, everything, um, everything has risk associated with it, right? Even the cushy, sweet, like super secure office job that somebody has, right? It could go belly up tomorrow. You know, you just, you don't know. Um, and so I wanted to just make sure that I wasn't telling Leo, you know, raising him on that it's okay to take risks and it's okay to pursue what you want um, as I try to, you know, keep myself in the safe zone. So that risk with the startup, um, you know, I wanted him to actually like see me do that so that he can put those, he can connect those dots as he grows up and understand that it's okay to, to take risks. But yeah, I love everything that you guys have said. Um, and what we're going to be doing in the future is having Pete and Matt on with us every time we have an episode arc. So every four to six weeks, we'll get an inside look at what it means to be a dad of Doorward, and they'll come in and contribute on our big topic for the month or for that month plus in whatever we're going on. We're really looking forward to having you guys on with us. 
so for today and for this month's big topic of friendship, I thought it would be great to talk to you about some of the things that you already alluded to, namely that being a parent and working in a startup, you really need to prioritize your time and put it in the right place. We'll open this discussion by asking, what kinds of difficulties did becoming a father introduce into making and maintaining your previous friendships? Yeah, so I think exactly as you said, um, the number one challenge is the time, right? Uh, both the, the the time you could spend in, in new settings with new people, meeting new people, um, and also the time to maintain existing friendships for sure. You know, and I think it's always the case that there's always an opportunity cost to how you spend your time, right? It's not like if you don't have a kid and or sure. if you're if you're not married or something, you know, uh, your time per se is any less that's valuable. Um, it's just, as I'm sure all parents know, especially new parents, uh, having a, a young child requires lots of time and, you know, just the time to, to take care of the kid, to, to support your wife. Also just spending time together as a family, you know, bonding, like that's super important. Um, and I don't think you could overvalue that, you know, the time that you spend with your, your kids. Yeah. Um, Sorry, I had to go. I had to go video off because Leo was trying to close the laptop. He said, "That's it, Dad. You're done. Time to pay attention to me." Um, so I had to do a little negotiating. Worked out. Cheerios involved. Uh, moon cheese. Okay. He's still on the moon cheese kick, and uh, he's got his his cell phone, so he's handling business calls. Got it. Um, but yeah, I mean, for me, um, yeah. The, I mean, obviously, the time thing is a big is a big factor. Um, cause it changed so drastically, but in terms of existing relationships, you know, thinking back on the past 18 months, things didn't really change much with the exception of like, you know, being able to like get together in person so much. Um, but we kind of got used to that. <laughs> Thank you, Leo. We kind of got used to that because we were, you know, all the quarantine stuff with, uh, the Rona. So we kind of like uh, descended into that. And then Leo came into our lives. Um, so we were kind of already used to like, you know, virtual hangouts and just staying in touch via text, um, or doing like, you know, drive by hellos. Mm -hmm. And then, um, and then in, uh, things started to open up and, um, people that I graduated high school with, you know, they're also having kids, um, and that, uh, that's a big, a big thing. It helps maintain the relationship. Um, you know, you're, you're seeing each other at swim class or Easter egg hunts or, um, you know, the little gym, whatever it may be. So there's just, I, I guess there's just a variety of ways that you can just maintain those, those friendships. Um, and people realize that like adulthood is sometimes it be like that, right? You might not see your friend for six weeks, and you're just, you know, ships passing in the night via text. And then the next thing you know, you're, you know, you're putting your son to bed and they're coming over in the backyard to have a drink and get caught up on what's been going on for the past month and a half. That's totally fine. Um, that's what works. And I'll tell you what, the other side of that coin is when you have a small child, new parents, they gravitate towards each other. I can't even tell you how many people we've met at Leo's swim class when he does his, you know, his little gym class that he does. Um, if we're just out, you know, we'll go get, we'll get ice cream in Chagrin Falls and 
parents will see us and they'll be like, oh, son's so cute. Oh, what's his name? Oh, your daughter's adorable. What's her name? You know, and then it just, it flows. So you just, um, it's like have same thing with a dog, right? But obviously like the kid is like infinitely better. Hot take there. Hot take there, Pete. (laughs) Yeah, I know I'm going to get flack for that. And uh, for the listeners out there that are getting a little squirrely right now, I have two dogs. Well, I had two dogs. They belong to Leo now, so. Yeah, There's no, and, and also too, like I, I think kind of what I said before too, like your mindset makes a difference. Um, and before Damien was born, we definitely we were gonna be very intentional of you know not getting you know because like you, you before your your kid's born, people say oh like do this do that while well, you can you know because once they're born you can't do anything and you know basically our our take was no like obviously things are different but you know we're not gonna let this be you know if anything we'll we'll, we'll, we'll We'll have having a kid be a, an enhancement. It sounds like the emphasis is on integrating that family life into the life that you already have. Oh, yeah, absolutely. You know, so it's it's different, but, you know, you roll with it as it were, mm-hmm. right? It hasn't slowed us down and it's, you know, wouldn't change it for the world. One of the big things that's really important in being the king of your castle and having to manage all of these responsibilities is that you still get your time with your friends and you're still able to be yourself. Your families can really support you in all of this. So how do you ask others to assist you in your responsibilities to make sure that you continue getting you time? Well, I guess the first thing is that uh, you said wives. I have a wife. I only have one. Um, well. So, um, but she's incredible. So I guess she would count as multiple people. Uh, we have developed over the past 18 months, a pretty great system where it allows us to one, have that family time, which is important, but then also get that individual time. And it took us a little while to like figure out that flow. Danielle's job allows her to be home a couple of weekdays and then she also when she does go to work she's home like in the early afternoon and so we we just kind of like time out our individual things that we need to get done with the the ebbs and flows of the schedule and leo is kind of like the eye of the storm so like many of our decisions gravitate around his needs obviously so it just i guess it just takes practice and you just gotta be willing to try and fail try and fail and you just kind of have to figure it out as you go along. I mean, that's that's the real answer. There's no, uh, you could read all the books in the world and people will give you a ton of advice. But yeah, you, you just have to figure it out on your own. But it's great to have her help, obviously, the grandparents, even our neighbors. Um, that's just the type of community that we live in where, you know, everybody's willing to help out in some capacity, even if it's just with something little. And that goes a long way. That really goes a long way. Those little things can really add up um, and they can be backbreaking uh, if you're not careful. So even something simple, right? Like grandma coming over with dinner. It's like, oh, yes, <laughs> huge win. Because now that 45 minutes, I can finally use the bathroom. And it's it's awesome. I know you're serious. I know you're serious about that. I, I know. I'm trying to be light with it, but yeah. that is the the reality is that like yeah. you have to you have to thread the needle on bathroom breaks 
And that's okay. I mean, this is all part of the journey, right? It helps you figure out truly what's important, which Matt was talking about earlier when he was talking about priorities is that you have to get better at that decision-making, right? Right. Like, do I really need this pair of pants or can I just, you know, <laughs> let it go and figure it out later? Oh gosh. Uh, I mean, that's clearly how our, our kids think, right? Um, <laughs> don't need this pair of pants. Don't need this one. Don't need this one. <laughs> Pete's definitely right. I, it, it really depends on person to person, couple to couple. For us, one thing is, you know, we really see the benefit of our friends and, and, you know, how important it is. We see each other's friends as, as good people and positive influences on each other. And so like that, we want to support that, I guess. We want to facilitate that. Um, we see the value in it. We're both more than happy to hang out with Damien for the night while the other one goes and hangs out with their friends or, or whatnot. Cause we see it as a good thing. So that definitely helps. The other thing too, I think is building the trust that like, you know, if you say I'm going to, going to be gone for this long or something, you're done for that long. And it's not like, Oh, you're bound by these strict rules or something like that, but it's, it's kind of what you need to do in order to operate. It helps to reduce the chaos and things. Right. And, and that kind of, that becomes important. Um, yeah. Not to say that any of those things are bad, but I think it really speaks to the power of relationships and your networks. You know, we talk about professional network all the time, but also your family network, your friend network to understand that the people that you have in your lives really do want to help. They care about your well-being. You know, we're certainly not using them to our advantage, but we're working together to find the best solution for everybody to thrive. You know, I'm not I'm not a mom. I'm not a wife, mother, whatever. And, and there's, there's so many things that I, obviously I do my absolute best to support my wife, but like there's her, her friends, there's so much they have in common that they can commiserate about that they can, you know, talk about and, and, you know, kind of, you know, pass ideas around on and, and like really kind of form that, that support for each other um, that, you know, I, I can't do and I'm not really supposed to do. I think it really exactly to your point really is about building the, the community around us and this this support both for us and then for our friends as well right it's also about the value you bring to your friends too and and we bring to each other's friends of it's not just a selfish thing either pete do you have anything to add i was just absorbing everything matt was saying um nate you were the one that mentioned it was the um the networks right um yeah. those yeah. quickly blend together and you and you have to let them blend together. Right. And that's, that's something that's, you know, being doorward, like, is that those things can be one. You don't have to have like your professional network separate from your private network. They can be one and the same. They can be integrated. Because all of those professional contacts are people at the end of the day and they're living yeah. their own lives. Exactly. Um, you know, I, I have, you know, conversations about Leo with people that we're, we're working with, you know, people, even, even people on our, on our board, right. It doesn't have to be like a hundred percent business only all the time, uh, for the work network. And those are the kind of people that you want to surround yourself with, right? If they're in your quote unquote professional network, it's nice if they ask about, you know, like they remember your son's name, they ask how he's doing, you know, they, they get close on how old he is. Those little things are like, you know, that's like buried treasure. And so that's why I'm saying it's okay for those things to blend together. And, and we should really allow that to happen freely. It just makes everything a lot easier when you don't have to like have that hard line in the sand. Like, 
oh, this is a hundred percent business conversation. And then I got to, you know, I got to talk about Leo over here in the, the family and friends network and I can only do it after 7 PM. This isn't T-Mobile, like just, it's okay. Like we can, we can blend it. Not, not paid for by Verizon or AT&T, Sprint or other competitors, right? Thanks. Leo is in my, my fab five though. So, uh, so we have just a few minutes left here, but I'd like to finish with a couple of questions. Uh, so first of all, what have you learned about friendship that you want to pass on to your sons as you raise them and as they grow up? Uh, I would say, you know, surround yourself, make friends with, with people that are going to build you up that are a net positive on your life, right? Like life's too short, the day's too short to, you know, to, and I, I'm not just talking about like negative emotions or things like that, but people that have, you know, your same priorities and, and kind of are on the same path, at least loosely speaking, right? It's what you, I think what you really want in friends are, are that you're, you know, especially lifelong friends that you're, you're going through life together and, and that you can be a support to each other. I think that that means that you need to have the important things in common and that, that you just really are there to support each other. I would say, um, I guess a big thing for, for me and Leo, one thing that I want him to pick up on is that he's just got to be open to give everybody a chance. Thanks, bud. Um, you just, you, you never know where you're going to find friendship. And so you, you just gotta, you gotta be open to let it into your life. And then lastly, for any parents or anybody considering becoming a parent or anybody that has children relying on them and maybe thinks that, you know, taking the extra leap to get into business is something that would be good for their life. Any words of advice on taking both things as they are and just going with the flow? The big, the big thing, and you, you even uh, touched on it, Nate, when you asked the question, right, is just to allow it to happen organically. Just let it be natural. Um, because if you go the opposite direction and you try to do those hard splits where it's like, this time is for work and this time is for family, right? You're kind of like pushing those two things into their own, own corner. It becomes unnatural. Um, and then it just becomes difficult and stressful to maintain that separation, right? Mm. Because then you get mm -hmm. into yourself into a position where you have to choose, right? Do I go to the baseball game or do I ditch the baseball game and focus on work? Whereas it could be, it could be more of a, okay, I go to the baseball game and then I just got to take like a quick call or respond to an email, like between innings or when they do the seventh inning stretch, um, you know, or when you're so in you line can, for a hot dog or peanuts, right? You, yeah. You step away to, you know, um, you know, go grab your wife, some snacks. Um, you know, you can re reply to a quick email or take a quick phone call. Like these are the things that are okay. Um, and, and totally acceptable. Uh, you know, you're able to, to harmonize and, and unify both. But the biggest thing is just to let it be natural because it's going to be so easy to maintain that. You want to do things that you can sustain for the long term. And so if, it, mm -hmm. if it's a natural flow, you don't have to worry about, um, you know, trying to increase your pain threshold and keep those things separate and figure out how to put up fences. It's just too much work. It creates stress that you don't need in your life. So that would be my, my biggest piece of advice for those that are new to doing it 
Just figure out what the natural flow is and embrace it. That sounds like it would work for any combination of responsibilities, not just work and family, but anything that you have going on, just try to be natural with it. Yeah. Oh yeah. And there's, there's a ton of other things that go into the mix, right? Because everybody's life is different. Everybody's got different, different challenges outside of those, those two things. So, um, hopefully people find that that's, that's sound advice, although maybe vague seeming at face value. Yeah. I hundred percent agree with it, with that. And, you know, especially exactly finding something sustainable is super important. I also think communicating what the plan is and, and that kind of sets expectations, right. Of wherever you decide is, is the right, you know, way to, to go about things like you need, like everyone's expectations need to be the same. Um, that's super important. I had a very wise teacher tell me once that uncommunicated expectations are resentments under construction. And yeah, exactly. uh, when I was hearing, when I was hearing you guys give your answers right now, it brought me back to that. And that was like 12 years ago now, but it, it really sounds like if you're able to keep things natural, communicate with the people that you're working with, whether it's your spouse, your coworkers, your other support network about what your goals are and how you're able to help. It sounds like everything's going to be all right. That's what I'm hearing from you guys. Absolutely. Absolutely. And, you know, and, and also just, I think just remember like by and large, the world's not out to get you. A lot of people want to see you succeed. And so communicating with them really helps them, you know, understand where you're at, helps them give you the, the grace and, and bandwidth to, you know, or birth to, to do what you need to do. Yeah. And ultimately, like you said, Nate, everything is going to be okay. It, all, it, it always somehow all works out. Well, I think that's a great note to end on, gentlemen. Thank you so much for spending your time with us today and hearing about the Dad Life Insight. Uh, we're looking forward to having you guys on with us in each of our arcs that we're going to have in the future so we can hear more of your fatherly wisdom. Thanks, Nate. No, it's great to be here. I'm, I'm looking forward to many more of these. I'll talk to you soon. Yeah, this has been tremendous, Nate. Uh, a lot of fun and hopefully helpful for some of our listeners out there that are taking some challenges head on. Awesome, guys. We'll see you next time. Cool beans, guys. Later, Nate. That'll do it for today's episode of Doorward Thinking. Join us next time for another installment in our series of friendship, Working Together. Speech-language pathologist Matt Braun joins us to talk about his professional journey and how going into business with a friend opened the doors to living his dreams. For the latest news about this show and Doorward, as well as some special surprises, be sure to follow Doorward on LinkedIn, Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram. And to make sure you don't miss our next episode, subscribe to Doorward Thinking on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, or Spotify today. If you enjoy this show, please share it with your friends and leave us a review wherever you access your podcasts. It helps others discover us and learn from these discussions. Till next time, I'm your host, Nate LeBlanc, reminding you to go with the flow and to get back to living.